You're listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition of Country Life. On the show this week, we'll speak to Catherine Egan, a beef specialist with Chagas on the upcoming beef conference. We'll also have Bernadette O'Connor from Farm Family CPD on the new farm safety initiative they have going on. And we'll also be talking to Patrick Gowing, a dairy specialist on the upcoming National Dairy Conference. And we'll also have some Mart reports, upcoming events and community news. And as always, if you'd like to contact us here in Galway Bay FM, uh, don't hesitate to give me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie. So that's countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie. If you have any questions, queries or topics you'd like covered, uh, give us an email there and we'll do our best to uh, cover them. So just to give an update on the report on the Galway Sheep Readers Show and Sale in 2023, the 101st Annual Show and Sale of the Purebred Registered Galway Sheep took place in Atherai Mart on Friday the 22nd of September. After a century of morning sales, it was with uh, trepidation that breeders decided to venture into uncharted territory and hold an evening sale. Uh, they not, need not to have worried as it was an outstanding success. The standard was extremely high and the judges Parag Nyland, Henry Hughes and Michal Keneally were very impressed by the sheep on show. There can be no doubt that the acre scheme influenced the demand for the sheep but it was certainly not the only factor on the day. A number of new breeders from different counties showed uh, sheep for the first time. Uh, during the show it was obvious that the gathering retained its character as people mingled, tales were told and memories of uh, the good old days were recalled. Almost all of the 121 sheep on show uh, were sold under the hammer. One of the features of the sale was the demand for hogged rams and ram lambs in particular by commercial breeders who travelled from many parts of Ireland. The number of ladies in particular getting involved in the establishing new flocks is a very welcome development. Tom Murphy showed an ex- excellent pin of breeding goats which won first in the class and so for 310, Jerry Daly was the only breeder that showed a pin of five yohoggets which also fetched 310 euro. Tom Feeney won the single yohogget class with his yo med uh, €430 Euro in the Olam classes. Uh, Sean Kilkelly captured the Colriva Cup and his pin of five sold for 410 David Clark was first and second in the single Yo lamb class and his lamb sold for 340 and 280 respectively. It was an excellent day for Martin Ward who we were delighted to have on Country Life here a couple of weeks ago. So Martin attained first place in the Hoggett Ram class and his ram fetched 910 euro the highest price on the day. So well done Martin. Uh, quality ram lambs made good prices also and Sean Kelly Kilkelly took home the Tommy Sice Memorial Cup for his class. His lamb made 670 euro and there was a number of other notable prices from other prize winners including Carmel Malloy sold her two lambs for €420 and €400 Blonde Gallagher received 440 for her lamb and Brendan Mee's lamb made €280 Carmel Malloy was also showing the sheep for the Galway sale for the first time and she also got the first prize in the wool category and the Galway Wool Co-op put on an excellent display of craft work using Galway wool David Moggan conducted the sale with the plum and with his usual wit and good humour the Readers are grateful to the top. To Tom Murphy and Matty Carroll for all the work they did in the preparing the catalogue. On the day, a number of breeders organised everything and every to make sure everything runs smoothly for the sale. Thanks also to local and national media for their coveraging of the event. The breeders were also grateful to the Mart staff and especially the restaurant staff who opened specially to facilitate people who travel long distances. A number of potential buyers were disappointed as they did not succeed in purchasing sheep, and so for the first time since the early 1960s, the breeders decided to hold a supplementary evening sale in Ballinasloe Mart on Thursday the October the 19th in conjunction with the weekly sale and the sale attracted a huge, a large crowd uh, with 45 sheep on offer and were sold quickly with online bidders being particularly active. Also looking at the Kerry Bog Pony Society teams up with the Bunratty Castle 
and Folk Park in County Clare as part of a joint venture to preserve and promote awareness of one of Ireland's rarest breeds of pony. The popular visitor attraction, which is already home to a range of native Irish breeds, has engaged with the Society to secure a pair of Kerry Bog ponies for its farm. The Kerry Bog pony has experienced a resurgence in recent years, having declined in numbers throughout the 20th century to only 26 known mares and six stallions in 1990. Today, there are around 450 ponies with approximately 50 foals being registered each year. Little is known of the origins of the Kerry Bog Pony. The original ponies identified by John Mulville were located in South Kerry. Based on their genetics, it has been suggested that the ponies could have been imported by Vikings who had an encampment at Begnish near Valencia Island uh, from the 10th to the 12th century. We are very grateful for the Kerry Bog Pony Cooperative Society for the support they have given us in reaching out on our social media to pony breeders and owners across the country with the viewing to securing a pair of ponies explained Niall Maloney Farm Manager at Bunratty Castle in Folk Park one of the, our primary missions in Bunratty is to increase awareness of the native Irish breeds and how they have formed part of our social and cultural history in Ireland. Down through the centuries, he continued, we are looking forward to expand on our collection of native Irish animals with the Drummond cattle uh, to the Irish wolfhounds and from Irish red deer to Tamworth pigs and in doing so help to preserve and promote our heritage. Tomás Rosengrave, chair of the Irish Kerry Bog Pony Cooperative Society commented, we are very excited to have an opportunity to work with the Bun- Ratty and Castle and Folk Park on this project and in, in the future on educating all visitors to the Folk Park on our native Kerry Bog Pony uh, while also celebrating its heritage and character. The Kerry Bog Pony is a very versatile breed, makes an excellent child's riding pony but also excels in many equestrian sports such as carriage driving for adults. We are delighted that all visitors to the Bunratty Castle Folk Park will have the opportunity to get to know this great Irish breed of pony. That was an email sent in to us um, in relation to the Kerry Bog Pony uh, teaming up with the Bunratty Castle and Folk Park. So looking at some Mart reports this week, the Montpellier Mart cattle in uh, sale was on last uh, Friday. A similar number on offer to the previous week through quality stock. Uh, the quality of stock was slightly lower. Dry cows were in good demand and as were bull waning. Some sample prices for cows included a limousine cross 840 kilo selling for 1820 or 217 a kilo. A cemental cow weighing 790 kilo sold for 1550 or 196 a kilo. Looking at some wheeling heifers there. A limousine heifer at 360 kilo sold for 1,000 euro or 278 a kilo looking at some wheeling bulls one Charlie 260 kilo cross uh, Charlie bull wheeling sold for 870 or 335 a kilo another limousine at 295 kilo sold for 865 or 293 a kilo cattle sales every Friday evening at 6pm the gates open at 4 in person bidding and online with the Marti Montbellu Mart uh, sale last Saturday uh, saw a large sale of sheep again this week factory lambs met with a similar trade to the previous week increased numbers of buyers for store lambs especially heavier lots also so lighter lambs were well improved in the previous week. Numbers of breeding sheep decreasing. A large number of stag yos met with the firm trade. Some sample prices included lambs. Uh, 10 weather lambs at 54.5 kilos selling for 145 euros. 6 weather lambs at 28.2 kilos selling for 80. And 16 weather lambs at 40.5 kilos selling for 120. 10 quality yo lambs at 46 kilos met 165 euros. 13 weather lambs at 37.2 um, at 108 euros. Um, and the sheep sells every Saturday at 10am in person and online with the Marti app and the cattle sells every evening at every Friday evening at 6pm and more can be got at www.mountbellew.ie or you can call them on 090 
0818-967-9660. So looking at the Loch Marit report, sheep, uh, looking at the sheep first, a large sale last Thursday with just over 500 on offer. Lambs were in a keen demand by factory agents along with butchers. The three euro per kilo uh, bracket was once again being crossed on a few occasions. A good number of heavier lambs starting to come out. Lambs at 37 kilos sold for 116, 39 kilos sold for 117 and 42.4 kilos selling for 127. Uh, there were mostly um, some store colios on offer as well with no factory fit on offer. Uh, 68.5 kilos selling for 95, 70.5 kilos selling for 90. Cattle then and Lockray Mart. Cattle whaling sale last Friday saw numbers starting to come back in size as expected as the year moves on. Demand however was strong with heifers averaging 288 to 355 a kilo, bulls averaging 286 to 375 a kilo with feeders very active for bulls in the 280 to 340 kilo range. Exporters also present for both bulls and heifers. Some prices there are some for heifers three limousine cross heifers at 217 kilos selling for 770 or 355 a kilo 220 kilo limousine selling for 690 or 314 a kilo looking at whaling bulls two charlie bull whalings at 243 kilos selling for 850 or 350 a kilo charlie at 290 kilos selling for 960 or 331 a kilo and whalings are also required for both exporters and feedlots filing whaling sale will be on friday the 24th of november whalings will be sold on saturdays after this date so looking at the cattle sale last saturday saw a good size sale with large numbers of cows coming out more forward cattle are on stream uh, the last two weeks with agents active for them in March cows averaged 170 to 230 a kilo looking at some sample cow prices a 2020 barn Charlie Cross met at 550 kilos sold for a thousand a Frisian 2020 barn at 595 sold for 670 heifers numbers were smaller than with prices averaging 250 to 289 a kilo agents more active for the forward type store heifers with lesser of the type this type available Belgium Blue at 360 sold for 910 limousine at 408 selling for 1060 or 260 a kilo 645 Kilo Angus selling for 13.40. Cattle sales every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. in the Lockray Mart. So looking at the Chew Mart report, there's a lively uh, trade at Chew Mart sale there on Monday yesterday gone by. Some sample cow prices included a 785 kilo limousine cross cow making 19.30 or 2.46 a kilo, a 680 kilo Parthenese cow made 16.50 or 2.43 a kilo. Some sample heifer prices included a 390 kilo Charlie Cross heifer making 1160 or 297 a kilo, a 485 kilo Belgian Blue Cross making 1270 or 262 a kilo. Looking at some sample bullock prices from Tum and yesterday's Mart, a 715 kilo, 715 kilo apologies, Charlie Bullock made 2200 or 308 a kilo. A 470 kilo set limousine cross bullock met 1420 or 302 a kilo. Looking at some sample heifer, we- heifer whaling prices. A 275 kilo Charlie heifer met 750 or 273 a kilo. A 410 Aberdeen Angus kilo, uh, 410 kilos Aberdeen Angus heifer sold for 1,030 or 2,51 a kilo. Some sample whaling bull prices included 375 kilo Charlie Cross making 13,30 or 3,55 a kilo. A 410 kilo Charlie Cross bull whaling made 12,50 or 3,05 a kilo. And looking at a 410 kilo uh, whaling bull at Belgian Blue Cross bull making 1,010 euro or 2,46 a kilo. And bookings and inquiries can be got on 093 Two four three five three from the Tune Mart. So first up on Country Life this evening, we're delighted to have Catherine Egan, a beef specialist with Chagas. Catherine, you're very welcome on to Country Life. So you might tell us a bit about this year's uh, Chagas Beef Conference coming up. Uh, when is it happening, and can you tell our listeners a bit about it? Thanks, Keith, for having me. Yes, this year's National Beef Conference. It's taking place in the Shearwater Hotel in Banasloe on Tuesday, the twenty first of November at five pm. And the theme of this year's National Beef Conference is improving our beef sector's green credentials. So we're really going to be reflecting on the changing environmental landscape 
and really focusing on how farmers can play a key role in that. Okay, very good. This year's conference, uh, Catherine, is spitting two, I suppose, and focuses on improving the sector's green credentials. Um, what will d- be discussed in maybe the first session there, uh, Catherine? Yeah, so the conference this year is in two sections, as you mentioned. So the first section is going to be chaired by MJ Cleary from Midlands 103, and the focus of the first session is going to be on implementing sustainable technologies on beef farms. Dr. Paul Cronson, beef enterprise leader in Chagas Green, he's going to outline the changes to the Eurostar breeding index and how the new index is going to reflect on the carbon index, how the changes are going to affect farmers' breeding policy at farm level. So this is really topical because it's planned that the first publication of the index proofs are actually going to be released on the 21st of November. So that will be an interesting presentation for a lot of sucker farmers. The second presentation is with Ellen Fitzpatrick from Chagas Johnstown Castle and she's going to go through how to make the most from a low input, high output dairy beef system. So that'll be of interest to any farmers that's operating a dairy beef system. And then the final presentation of the first session is related to IBR. So Dr. Maria Gabinzo from AHI, she's going to discuss the prevalence of IBR and why Ireland needs to move towards a national education programme. So really that's going to be of particular relevance for farmers that have participated in the recent National Beef Welfare Scheme and that was a one-year voluntary programme that cattle had to be tested for IBR antibodies. So that had to be done by the 1st of November. So that will be of interest to a lot of farmers and that's the first session Okay, and just to mention there a little bit on the dairy beef section, Catherine Chagas also run the Dairy Beef 500 uh, campaign where there's a a number of farmers there uh, bringing calf to beef. Yeah, so there's a lot of information coming from the Dairy Beef 500 programme and there's a Dairy Calf to Beef programme actually being run by Chagas Dairy Beef 500 team that farmers can attend. So on the night there's actually going to be a number of information stands and the Dairy Beef 500 team will actually be in attendance. So any farmer that's operating that system or interested in perhaps participating in one of the courses, they're welcome to meet with the team there and register for attending a course, hopefully at the end of 2023 or into 2024. Okay, lots of very relevant uh, information there, uh, Catherine, for farmers attending. I suppose in relation, so that's the first uh, session, Catherine. In relation to the second session, maybe uh, it's more focused, I suppose, on the bigger global picture. What can our listeners expect to hear on the night in relation to this? That's right, Keith. The second session will start at 7.15 and the theme of the second session is increasing our competitive advantage on the global stage. So this promises to be a very interesting and really informative session and it's going to be chaired by Margaret Donnelly, editor of the Farming Independent. The first speaker on the night is Dr. Siobhan Kavna, and she's involved with the Chaga Signpost Programme, and she's going to examine the main drivers of the greenhouse gas emissions on beef farmers, and she'll be discussing the steps that farmers can take at farm level to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So this will be a particular interest to a lot of your farmers, particularly those that you mentioned are participating in the Dairy B500 programme, but also there'll be a lot of information available from farmers participating in the future beef programme, such as farmers in the Galway region, Angus Fahey and James Skehan in the Clare region. Um, on the second speaker on the evening will be from France, and she's going to go through the French Livestock Institute, and she's going to discuss how farmers can be paid to reduce their carbon footprint based on the experience they're having in France. So that'll be an interesting presentation. And the final presentation of the night is from Rupert Claxton, and Rupert is director, livestock director from the UK, and he's going to give an overall overview of the global beef market. 
So that'll be really important, particularly with the input prices as we moved into 2024 and really focusing on a global aspect as to where the livestock markets are going, particularly from demand and supply going forward into the future. And given that we export over 90% of the beef from Ireland, that would be a real interest to listeners to get an insight from a global perspective during his presentation. Okay, yeah, and exactly there, very true given, you know, all the Irish beef exports that were seven to eight hundred percent self-sufficient in the in, in, in terms of beef there, Catherine, obviously we're very dependent too on different markets being closing up. Obviously we've seen last week there, uh, there was the issue with um, the atypical uh, BSE case there affecting the, the Chinese market, uh, unfortunately, but uh, I suppose, will there be other information available on the night uh, for sp- our listeners to speak with? Yeah, so during the interval between the two sessions, Keith, there will be a number of information stands that farmers can go around and talk to the different people that's at each stand. So there will be a representative from the signpost program available on the night to discuss how you can reduce greenhouse gas emissions on their farm. There will be a number of advisors from the ASA program, particularly focused on how you can improve water quality. And then particularly with the increase in the number of farmers joining the organics program, there'll be a number of advisors from the organics team available to discuss any farmer that's already in organics or maybe they might be considering joining organics or converting to organics in the future. And there'll be a number of advisors available from the forestry department to discuss the recent launch of the new forestry program. And then in relation to all the other Chaga schemes that are on offer, there'll be a lot of regional advisory staff there to discuss any queries farmers might have in relation to their own farm or issues that they have in relation to production or schemes. And as I mentioned, there will be people there from the Dairy B500 team and there'll also be a number of the team there from the Future Beef Programme. So the Future Beef Programme will really focus on all the suckler farms with all the demonstration farms. So any farmer that's interested can discuss with the Future Beef team the progress of the programme so far. Okay, yes, in the future beef, obviously very important there, the programme, uh, especially in the likes of Galway and Clare there and Mayo, where the, they have the highest number of uh, beef cows in the country. Most definitely, Keith, and hopefully on the night, a lot of the farmers that are involved in the future beef programme from the region will be there on the night, so farmers will get to meet them and talk to them about their production systems. Okay, and where can listeners get further information about the conference? There's loads of information, Keith, on the Chagas website and all social media platforms and farmers can talk to the local advisor and there'll also be a number of texts sent out in the coming weeks with links to the website if farmers want to look up further information. Um, The conference will conclude at 8.45 and there'll be a lot of Chagas advisors on hand to discuss any schemes or technical issues on the night that farmers might want to discuss and all farmers are invited to the conference and it's free to attend. Okay, very good, very good. I suppose weather obviously is a is a big downfall at the minute, uh, Catherine, in relation to whether it's beef, dairy, sheep, goats or whatever the issue may be. Um, I suppose the importance too maybe of uh, maybe doing a winter feed budget is obviously very important. A lot of cattle were probably housed a bit in earlier this year and obviously we're not sure how the spring is going to go so it's vital that farmers, you know, have a assess, I suppose, how much uh, silage and hay and whatever else they have in their in their yard and make sure that they have enough uh, it's probably very important to look at making a move now if it's a thing you're going to be short most definitely Keith we've seen a lot of rainfall come in July and August and into September and October and in a lot of cases stock have been housed maybe three weeks earlier than normal and probably stock that were closer to finish might have been housed earlier so as you mentioned there'll be a lot of silage possibly at 
earlier in the year and maybe stock were housed for two or three weeks during difficult grazing conditions. So it will be important for farmers to complete a fodder budget. On, on average, a lot of farmers did get to make a lot of silage, but on a national basis, I think it's looking at maybe 10 to 15% deficit on some farms. So if farmers complete a fodder budget with their advisor, and there's also some available on the Chagas website, they can assess where they are and make changes now. So a lot of farmers will be scanning cows if they haven't done so already, and maybe there's an option that any cows that are not in calf that they can be offloaded and make different management decisions related to the farmer's farm in order to reduce the fodder that's required on farm this winter. Okay, very good. So if you just want to give the location, the date and the time, a plug again there, Catherine? Yeah, so the Chagas National Beef Conference is on in the Shearwater Hotel in Banasloe on Tuesday, the 21st of November at 5pm and we look forward to meeting some of the listeners on the night. Very good. Thanks very much, Catherine. So next up on Country Life, we're delighted to have Bernadette O'Connor. Uh, Bernadette is the project coordinator with Farm Family CPD. So uh, Bernadette, you're very welcome on to Country Life. I suppose you might maybe give us a bit of a background on your role with uh, Farm, Farm Family CPD and maybe uh, what you do. Sure. Uh, good evening, Pete, and good evening to, to your listeners. Um, as you said, I'm, uh, I'm Bernadette O'Connor. I'm project coordinator with Farm Family CPD. At Farm Family CPD, in a nutshell, is online farm safety training for Irish farm families. Um, it's been designed to suit all generations on the farm. So there's a training course there for all the generations on the farm. We're very grateful, I suppose, to the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine for the funding to develop this training. And it's under the EIP, European Innovation Partnership Initiative. Um, the whole idea about EIP and EIP projects is to produce something innovative and this this training certainly is innovative because for the first time in Ireland there is training courses there for everyone over 12 years of age living and working on a farm and I suppose I should mention as well what, what the CPD part is. So CPD stands for continuing professional development and CPD is is a feature of many professions and many workplaces around Ireland and even even around the world where where people continuously strive to improve their standards and they do that by by engaging in learning and training to enhance skills that they the existing skills that they already have. Okay, very good. Um, and look, uh, uh, farm safety obviously is an extremely important topic. I know in um, I'm working in Chagas and Athenry right there, and we're currently running acres uh, training courses there for any farmer involved in the acres. They have to have a training course done uh, by the end of the year, Bernadette. But we cover a good bit on the farm safety there. And when we look at you know when we crunch the figures down, we see that almost half, or I think it's forty six percent. You might correct me if I'm wrong. Forty six percent of all uh, farm accidents occur between younger people or farmers over the age of 65 you know where you have younger people older people you have animals you have chemicals you have machinery you have so much happening on farm farm safety is of vital importance especially this time of the year um bernadette it, it, it certainly is and and you're right in, in your quote of the statistics there the older generation um there are a lot of accidents within that and then people i suppose people under 17 years of age but also, I think it's it's worth mentioning that there are a significant amount of accidents within the other age group. So the people that are over the 70, between 17 and 65, 
And in the, that age group, I suppose you, you'd have the, the chief farmer, the man, man or woman who, who does the main farming activities, or you would also have, have family members, you have employees coming into it. Exactly. And, you know, the, it, they're, the, they're the statistics. And then we have to think about, I suppose, um, the near misses or the close calls, or maybe sometimes as well, uh, the things that, that go unreported. And I think uh, Chagas, in, in their national survey there back in 2000, published in 2021, reported like over 4,500 accidents and incidents on farms. So that's, that's really high and staggering figure. Um, and can you tell us who developed the Farm Family CPD, Bernadette? Um, we acknowledge, I suppose, um, I work with FRS training, and we definitely have to acknowledge the work of our partners and the support of our partners on the, this project. So we worked with the Health and Safety Authority, Chagas, ISA, SPD and FRS Network. And also at the core of the project were farm families. And I think it's one of the, the, the beauty points of this, this training. The, the courses, anyone who takes the courses will see that they consist of units with video content and there's lots of little interactive, interactive, engaging activities along the way to, to keep you interested. But taking the courses, you listen to farmers, you see farmers, you see a farming activities out on farms. So pr- to produce the, the, the courses, we went out onto farms, uh, a farm in County Clare, in County Offaly and, and in Limerick. So you'll hear farmers and it's farmers talking to, to farmers. And they, I suppose, talk about their very practical approach to, to farm safety. Okay. And I suppose, how does the Farm Family CPD uh, differ from other farm safety training courses? Well, I, traditionally, farmers had to go into the classroom and take a chunk out of their day, um, maybe, maybe half a day or a full day, to do the course. So the beauty of this is that it's online farm safety training. And with online farm safety training, you know, it's it's up to yourself. There are five courses there, and typically maybe the longest one will take about an hour, uh, and many, the others then are just maybe 45 minutes. But it's up to, to the individual because you, you go at your own pace. So it would, it would differ from traditional training in that way. And you can do, you can do part of an hour today if, if you have to go on and do something else. Yeah, you can do the remainder of it over a week. And I would just urge people, I suppose, to, to try and do it before the end of November because the, the training is free free of charge as a result of the funding from the department up till the, the end of November. So the, the other part of it is, is you can sit down uh, with members of your family as well because there's a course for, for all the members of the family uh, or if there's an employee or somebody who comes in to do some work on the farm, there would be a course for them as, as well. So it, it's good like that, and I suppose you can sit down uh, at, at your own time and pace. We've had plenty of wet days lately, and maybe on a wet afternoon to, to take an hour out, out of your time to do it. Okay, and there's five different courses to choose from, uh, Bernadette. Uh, yes, yes, that, that's correct. Um, there is a course... Running a Safer Farm for Farm Principles, which is the main person who farms. There's a course, Keeping Yourself Safe for Over 65, Keeping Yourself Safe for 12 to 16-year-olds, Keeping Yourself Safe for Employees and Non-Paid Farm Workers. And then there's a course, 
that applies to everyone. It's managing dangers with livestock, machinery and buildings. And that's essential safety for everyone on the farm. And that course, I suppose, affects the, the lives of a number of farmers around the country as they engage with either livestock, machinery, and every farmer in the country is engaging with, with, with buildings. Okay. And what's in it for the farmer, I suppose, some of them might ask? Um, a very good question. <laughs> I think the, 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 the big thing would be that there are courses for, for everybody there on, on the farm. And the whole idea, I suppose, be, be behind this training is slowly but surely to, to have a change of mindset and a change of culture towards farm accidents. And I think it would be, would be great to see all generations learning together and influencing each other. So, you know, the big thing, I think, is by doing this training, and it's been various members of the family engaged in doing the training, farm safety then becomes a talking point at the kitchen table or on other occasions outside. And typically, like, it's both, you know, today we might have a a two-generation farm and push that along 10 years' time you have a three-generation farm. So then um, the main farmer, who was the main farmer 10 years ago, might be closer to retirement or entering a different age group. And the role changes with that as well. So I suppose, you know, the, the over 65s then might take on more a mentoring role or an influencing or setting example. And then equally, I think it works both ways for the, for the younger generation, the 12 to 16 year olds, they are influencers as well. And, you know, like bringing up the topic, I suppose they can, they can maybe um, call out uh, somebody else on the farm for doing something, for spotting something that they think might be that safety. So it gets the conversation going. And as I say, long term, hopefully it would develop a better farm safety, safety culture. Okay, and how can people find out more, maybe, or how can they access the online training, uh, Bernadette? It's 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 very easy. Um, so all you need to do is just go online, register for free at farmfamilycpd.ie. Within twenty four hours, we email you login details. You'll have a passport, and you'll be able to get in on the course. And then after that, you just take the training at, in your own time and at at your own pace. But just remember then that the training is free and available free of charge up to the, the end of November. Very good. Thanks very much uh, to Bernadette O'Connor, the project coordinator with Farm Family CPD. Uh, there for the, all the different five different types of courses to choose from and information can be got on farmfamilycpd.ie or you can email info at farmfamilycpd.ie. So the website there is www.farmfamilycpd.ie. So thanks very much, Bernadette. Thank you uh, very much, Keith, and thank you to your listeners. So next up in Country Life, we're delighted to have Patrick going with us. So Patrick, uh, you're a dairy specialist uh, with Chagas, and you also have a big dairy uh, conference coming up. Uh, can you tell us maybe a little bit about it and maybe when it's happening? Thanks, Keith. Yeah, the Chagas National Dairy Conference is uh, on again this year, um, and it's on the 29th of November in the Lyrat Hotel. So normally, Keith, we'd have uh, two uh, dairy conferences north and south, but this year we're just having the one down in the Lyrat. Okay, very good. And what's different this year, uh, Patrick? So we, we've we changed and we've done it before, Keith, where we ha- instead of having normal uh, papers and uh, speakers in the afternoon, we're doing workshops. So we're going to have a choice of six workshops where a farmer can, when they're 
select or when they're registering online, uh, they can select the workshops that they want to go to themselves and be moved around and have an option of six. Like, And what we really want from the conference this year, Keith, is sort of to have practical type advice that the farmer can go to a workshop maybe hear something that they can implement in their own farm for the upcoming spring like so there's a lot of different topics in the workshop so it wanders on keeping your cell count under 100 for the first 100 days with Don Crowley um, there's getting back to basics on grazing uh, with Brendan Horn uh, there's best use of slurry uh, with uh, Pat Tooley out Moore Park and William Birchall there's the appropriate stocking rate for your farm uh, with Donald Patton and Nick Donovan there's uh, another workshop on milking frequency with Emer Kennedy particularly on the 10 and 7 and the final one uh, escapes me at the moment. Oh, sorry, it's on nitrogen um, with Mike Egan. So just best use of nitrogen, particularly with the new uh, regulations and that. So there's a lot of there of information available for farmers and um, some very practical advice. And it's a lot more social as well, Keith. We found before that you're moving around, getting to see more people. And I think some farmers like the fact that they have a choice in what they go to, where traditionally at a work or a conference, you sort of have to sit and listen. In the morning part of a Keith, uh, we have the Minister of Agriculture. Um, doing the keynote speak so uh, he's just going to sort of outline what he sees going forward um, we also have a session then on finances uh, as we can see in the last was tw- two years three years there's been massive variances in milk price so we have an international speaker David Becker who's a lot of experience in New Zealand Australia and South Africa uh, with his own consultancy Red Sky who's going to go through his experiences out there and the benefits of benchmarking and Joe Patton um, the head of dairy KT in Chagas will also speak on that session and the last session before the lunch then is uh, on labour um, with Marion Beecher some of the newer research coming out more park on that and we'll also have farmer speakers speaking about their labour experience so as you can see Keith there's a lot there um, a lot of practical advice and uh, it should be a very um, enjoyable day and informative day for farmers Okay and, and with the six different workshops Patrick do farmers like pick and choose which one they want to go to or how many can they go to or what way is that going to work? Yeah so when you register so you register in uh, chagas.www.chagas.ie um, so, um, and it's uh, 60 euro for Chagas clients and 30 euro for students so and that includes your uh, the conference and the dinner during the days, very good value. And within that, then you'll get you'll see the six workshops and a bit of a breakdown on each workshop what um, is going to take part in them. And you pick the three that you want to go to. So you'll have an option then. And then when you arrive in on the conference day, um, we'll do the morning session as normal, and we'll uh, we'll direct you where you need to go to for the different sections. So as I said. What suits one farmer doesn't suit another, or maybe someone maybe would have like, for example, would have had a maybe a thing of investing in slurry storage. We might want to go to the slurry one. Another person may have a small issue with cell count, might want to go to cell count. So there's a lot of choice to pick from it. So you pick three out of six, Keith. Okay, okay, very good, very good. And maybe if you just want to say when it's on again and where. So yeah, it's on the 29th of November, and it's in the Lyrat Hotel just outside Kilkenny City. And um, to book it, if you just uh, either Google Chagas National Dairy Conference or go onto the Chagas website, you'll find the link there and you'll be able to book away and select the workshops, as we've mentioned. Very good. Thanks very much, Patrick. Thank you, Keith. So just a few things there on getting through the winter, feeding strategies and nutritional requirements for cattle. You know, it's very important that farmers start to fodder budget there. Uh, They look at their silage quality and maybe ration formulation. We look at a lot of cattle and sheep and a lot of different animals there have been brought in a lot earlier this year due to wet ground conditions uh, so it's very important that farmers maybe consider doing a fodder budget there and maybe just have a quick look at the amount of silage they have in their yard 
and the amount of hay maybe in sheds and that and maybe they're looking at the quality of it as well if it's a thing they're going to run out it might be worth looking at maybe buying ration or buying barley or other sources of hay or straw or feed straw is obviously very hard to get especially in the west of Ireland this year as a lot of uh, straw was hard to get and it was very wet um, so look it's very important they're looking at feeding wainlands that you're making sure that animals are putting on adequate conditions throughout the winter um, as it's very you know a lot of farmers are paying well over the 3 euro a kilo for wainlands at the minute so it's very important that those those cattle are going out in springtime in good condition and that they're um, ready to put on weight as well. Uh, feeding cows as well is obviously very important. Look, looking at the fodder shortage, if it's a thing you do have one, uh, what should you do? I suppose firstly we would advise farmers to act now. Establish, you know, if you if you are short, the only way you can do that is by doing a fodder budget and more information can be gotten. Fodder budgets there by uh, looking up the Chagas website there and looking at the fodder budget section. Uh, calculate, you know, the percentage shortfall that you have um, and if it's a thing you need to buy silage, buy meal, you can often, you know, maybe shorten the winter by maybe trying to get younger stock out earlier. Or obviously the other option there is to sell stock. We're looking at um, forward type cattle going very well in the factory, or going very well in March. The minute there's a good demand for forward type uh, cattle there. So maybe it might be worth um, considering maybe selling a few or else if it's a thing you can't get any silage, maybe selling stock or that. So looking at the, maybe the amount of bales or tons of silage that an animal might eat, looking at bales at 25% dry matter a 700 kilo bale a suckler cow is going to eat approximately a bale and a half a month uh, a cow with the calf will probably eat a bale and three quarters a store cattle or in calf heifers over 500 kilos are looking at around 1.3 1.4 bales a month as well heavy weanlings over the 350 are going to eat close in a bale at around 0.8 of a bale a month and light weanlings are going to eat about half a bale a month there so that's just to give some rough figures there and that's based on a 25% dry matter at 700 kilo of bale there as well silage quality is obviously very important and it's also very important that if you think you are buying silage that you are buying good quality silage if not it might be worth maybe uh, feeding more meal now to reduce the shortcut there's a massive variation there in relation to dry matters we can see anything from 15 to 60 percent phs range from 3.7 to 5.1 uh, you're looking at around 4.3 being the average and the dry matter digestibility the average for the nation is roughly in around 64 to 66 dmd uh, but we can see massive ranges there in relation to 52 down up as far as 80 DMD, so 80% to be real leafy type silage that would have very little stem in it and obviously be very good quality whereas you're looking at the lower range there of 50-52 would be very like straw-like silage very um, uh, very hard long stem there so it'd be full of fibre and we're very low in, in, in protein usually. Crude proteins can range from 7 percent up to as high as 18 19 percent depending issues with poor quality silage is low intakes poor thrive stress in animals immunity issues mineral issues actually can be a big problem as well there where there's very poor quality silage bed and um, molds as well and listeria and silage where if you may have an issue with listeria and silage um it is advisable sometimes maybe to take the wrap off the bale and leave it outside for a day or so uh, so that the t- sunlight there can uh, reduce the amount of listeria and look it's very important as well that if farmers are considering buying you know 50 bales of poor quality silage they might actually be better off buying five to six tons of uh, of meal uh, depending on the amount uh, or depending on the price of the silage and the price of the meal 50 bales of the 60 dmd silage equates to about 60 tons of uh six tons of ration excuse me so you know don't buy silage of very poor quality you might be better off buying more ration and feeding and and, and stretching out your own silage also it's very important you know that farmers aren't overfeeding protein production is driven by energy and not protein 
and it's very important, you know, to shop around and asking, you know, about the different types of ingredients there. Um, you don't want to see a lot of fillers there, cheap sources of fillers in, in your ration, especially where you're feeding uh, uh, weanlings and that. And looking at the protein percentage for weanlings and autumn sucklers, you're looking at a 14 to 16% ration formulation for finishers there. So steers and heifers, you're looking at 11 to 12%. And for growing bulls, bull weanlings, you're looking at a 14 to 16% so that you're growing plenty of frame and they're not getting too fat. And when you're feeding finishing bulls ad lib, you're looking at about a 12% mineral, or sorry, 12% ration there with a very high maize content. And just be careful there, if you are starting to feed ad lib or feeding a lot of meal at the minute, make sure that maybe there's a room and buff in it or that you're gradually including the meal in the in the diet of the animal that you're not um, you're not front-loading large amounts in a very short period of time as acidosis can be a massive issue there with um, animals that are getting too much meal. And uh, a lot of a uh, very hard, strong barley-based diet uh, can cause this as well. So if feeding barley straight as well, just be careful in relation to that. Uh, you know, feeding barley is an, ex- barley is an excellent source of uh, feed and it's suitable for dry cow feeds as well at a rate of 2 to 3 kilos for putting condition on cows weanlings unless silage quality you know and crude protein is greater than 15% straight rolled barley it wouldn't really be suitable for weanlings or in calf heifers there uh, you, unless you have a very high percentage protein diet as the overall protein in the diet could be too low if you're feeding too much barley there uh, store cattle assuming a daily gain of 0.6 to 0.7 kilos of, you can feed 1 to 2 kilos with the 68 to 70% DMD silage and finishing cattle barley can be fed at reasonably high rates but you need to be very careful that acidosis isn't an issue and that there's a long fibre always available. Feeding weanlings is obviously very important and looking at a high 72 DMD silage, a one, one kilo of a 16% uh, nut or ration would be sufficient whereas if you're looking at a poorer type or an average type ration there or um, uh, silage sample result, you're looking at a two and a half to two kilos of a ration to substi- substitute the poorer quality silage and if you're looking at very poor quality silage of 55% DMD up to three and a half kilos may have to be fed to achieve 0.6 kilos of a live weight gain there in weanings over the winter so silage quality is obviously having a massive variation there going from one kilo up to three and a half kilos to attain a 0.6 kilos of live weight gain per day which is obviously going to uh, incur a significant cost there if you think you have to uh, feed 2.5 kilos extra more um, per day per weanling uh, over you know a 120 day winter that uh, constitutes to a large uh, extra cost there for farmers door cattle with a 72 DMD silage is recommended to feed up to a kilo of uh, silage or a meal a good, a good ration with that uh, depending on housing weight obviously turnout date and slaughter date with the 65 DMD silage only will support only 0.3 of a kilo of a daily live weight gain per day so it's recommended to feed 1.2 to 2 kilos there uh, to bring this up to 0.6 kilos per day and you need to add 0.75 of a kilo for every 5 unit drop in DMD and turnout date is obviously critical there as well so that's just some information there in relation to winter feeding just make sure you have enough silage act now if it's a thing you're going to be short uh, or may, and maybe substitute a bit more meal along with the with your silage to try and stretch out fodder supplies so that's it this week from Country Life we hope you enjoyed the show and if you have any queries or any topics you'd like covered give me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie I'd like to thank Catherine Egan Bernadette O'Connor and Patrick Gowing um, for coming on the show this evening so until next week we hope you enjoy the show myself Keith Fay here in Galway all in Galway Bay FM uh, we hope you have a lovely evening and next up is Melodies with Valerie Hughes followed by the Night Fly with Donald Mann